Learning. So welcome back to the second edition of the Hustle Mode podcast. I'm your co-host Neil Prasad. Joined with me tonight again is my uh, my colleague Jason Rule. Hello, Jason Hello. Rule. That's right, Jason. Yes, it's nice to uh, it's nice to be with you again here today. Thanks for joining me. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time on a Sunday, no less. Yeah, well, you know, the hustle, conversation. the hustle never stops, right? Hustle never sleeps. I think that's a that's a quote, right? Somewhere. I don't know. We're going to have to look it up. We're going to need somebody to start keying in those things. <laughs> we need a fact checker. Somebody who, who looks stuff up while we're talking. It's like, hold on a second. Runs away, scurries and gets some facts in line while we uh, we talk to the people. Yeah, no, it's good. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that we're continuing our conversation. I think the first conversation that we had really uh, set the foundation for us to get things moving in the right Agreed. direction. And uh, mm -hmm. I think our listeners and our viewers are going to be grateful that we're taking the time sort of to just share a little bit more about who we are as individuals, mm -hmm. uh, as well as, you know, family men and businessmen and so on and so forth. But uh, I think that holistic, well-rounded approach is going to add some value just so that individuals can sort of resonate with who we are and determine whether or not they want to stick around. Yeah, I, I agree. It's definitely uh, our goal is to make sure that people get value from the time they spend with us. So whatever we can give, um, I'm open to provide as much information as people need and um, share as much as I can. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it's best for us to actually just continue where we left off. I know we uh, we kind of cut things off abruptly midpoint or, or at least a little short, I should say, with respect yeah. to our career journey. And um, I know that uh, you had mentioned, um, I don't recall if you had mentioned where you were, where you were per se, but maybe you could just um, sort of round off the last lap, so to speak, and, and figure out exactly how we, you came to be where you are here today. Yeah, I think um, when we were chatting last, I, I was going into the details of the transition from working for a large corporate customer or large corporate entity, um, Bank of Montreal, to more of a grassroots startup type of environment with my own business and, and how that transition started. So it, it's the classic. Um, I, I can say it's the side hustle turning into a full hustle where I was nine to fiving as much as I could, and then five to nining after that to try to build up enough stability and size in the side hustle business to make it a full time gig. Um, whether it be you know, getting our revenue up, making sure that we had a good base of customers, making sure our expenses were minimized, and just having an overall um, good foundation to transition over to. So working in the, a financial institution, you do have that security and that stability. Um, you know, there's only five banks in Canada. So the stability is, is tremendous where you think that jobs are not lost. Like I, I don't remember the last time while there has been instances with the pandemic and whatnot of uh, layoffs, but rarely are they in the financial sector here in Canada. Like it's, it's a pretty stable sector. So you're not really experiencing a lot of mass layoffs or, or people losing their jobs uh, to a high level. So going from that security to working in um, for myself was a huge jump and made that shift uh, probably toward the end of 2019 with the hope of running 2020 straight through um, and obviously the rem remainder of 2019 as an entrepreneur, uh, um, somebody who had their own business, who gave themselves a paycheck, who was able to run a lot of things on their own. So that's the transition, the jump I made 
um, around that time. It was scary. There was a lot of uh, questioning and doubt. Um, will I make enough money? Will I be able to feed the family? Like what, what could possibly go wrong if things don't go right? Um, so it was one of those talk to yourselves, question yourselves. And the great thing is that my wife supported it. She, she saw all the time that I was putting in at both jobs, the side hustle and the primary. And then I got to the point to tell her, hey, you know what? I'm making as much money on the side hustle as I am with my full time. And if I just did one, I would have more family balance. I would have more time to just focus on that one thing. So she supported the move. So I made the move, um, as I mentioned, toward the end of 2019 and said, you know what, full-time bank job, cool, but I'm out. I'm gonna go run my own business. And the thing that was really killing me with the uh, the bank job was time. Like, because at that time we hadn't shut down, right? Pre-pandemic. So I was running all over the place, running downtown, running midtown. Um, I went to Montreal for one event. We went down to Chicago, like we were everywhere. And the amount of time it was taken away from my family and time it was taken away from running the business made it not worth it. So, you know, time... And the nine to five was starting to drain and put strain on the five to nine. So yeah, I took a, took a detour and left that and went directly into running uh, iLeague, which I'm doing today. Um, we'll get back to some of the other pieces, but um, yeah, I just wanted to tell that little bit of a story because there was a, um, a good message in there of just believing in yourself and wanting to take the risk of trying something that you kind of are familiar with your side hustle. You're familiar with it. You know it inside and out. So it's not as much of a risk as quitting your job and opening a franchise or doing something like that. You're, you're definitely experiencing something different, but it's something, yeah, it's a, you know, well, it's a little bit, it's a little bit of a risk. I mean, come on, let's, let's be honest. Right. I mean, how, how long, how long were you in the side hustle phase? Um, get to look back, just guesstimate. I'm gonna say about a year or two, about two years, about two years. You um, were in two years side hustle phase, yeah, before, yeah you, we were, before you transitioned. But you gotta think about it though, Neil. Like, revenue wasn't it was it was average, it was low, it was it was it was hobby, hobby, it was like a hobby status. Like, I, I worked on it when I could, you know, I build customers when I could or remembered, wasn't, wasn't a, a clean business. And um, the benefit I had is I, I found a partner that um, was more administratively strong than I was. So she was able to take over the reins of that operational side, which I was not good at. Um, and, and, you know, we could talk about complementing your talents and skills at another time. Like there's, there's a big value in that, I think. Um, but that person, that individual who took over that aspect of what I was weak at, did a good job in organizing it, which allowed me to get the side hustle to a more established place. Like sometimes there's, that's the tipping point, right? Just finding the right person in your business or having an event happen that really just pushes you in the direction that uh, you should have been going in the right all along. So I'm glad you brought that up as far as um, <clears throat> I don't want to say pushing, but um, let's call it crossroads, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously you were, uh, I mean, you're fairly successful uh, being at the bank, right? We don't have to get into specifics, but you know, you, you obviously identified that you were, bringing in as much as you were from your nine to five than you were at your five to nine. So yeah. with respect to the transition part, mm -hmm. was it the, was it the, the family strain, the balance, so to speak? 
Were, yeah, because burnt out or like what, what was what was it that that said okay you know what this is time. Yeah. So and what most founders will do with their side hustle, depending on the type of business they're in, is you really don't pay yourself. You, you don't really give yourself a salary because you already have your full time salary. So you you bootstrap it as much as you can, and you reinvest the money in the business, and you um, use it for just keeping the business afloat. So because I was doing that, I wasn't double dipping. I wasn't taking any money out of the business. But then we got to the point within the business, the, the side hustle business, to look at it and say, wait a second, I'm making as much money here as I am there. So then you know, I could double dip, but then I would be putting in half the effort in two places when I just put all the effort in one place. So that was a, that was a big um, tipping point for me is to say, okay, well, if I'm spending as much time in one place and then spending the same amount of time in the other and splitting my time, it became a money and time thing, right? Like what's your time worth? So I ended up just making that transition to say, you know what, I'm going to spend the money and the time doing my side hustle as a full-time and I'm just going to drop the full-time, take the risk. That's what it boiled down to. You uh, politically danced around the answer and the question. So <laughs> like, what, what was the point? What was the tipping point? What was the, well, the actual incident moment that was just like, yeah, I, I think mean, the money, the money got messed up. Like, um, you know, at, at the bank, they, they pay you well, as I mentioned, um, but the taxes, man, like to see in the taxes and seeing the fact that, yeah, maybe you're getting paid six figures, but at the end of the day, your taxation is going to be like 40% or 35 or whatever percent it is. But then on the corporate side, I'm 20, 15, and then I can claim a lower salary for myself and pay less tax and then claim more dividends and pay even less tax on it. So I think of the money, like looking at the money and, and you look at, and the, if you're an entrepreneur, you can easily do this calculation. You say, okay, corporate job making six figures, but getting taxed 40%. So I'm really making maybe 60 grand. Whereas if I work for myself, my taxation was lower, maybe I make 80 grand, but then I keep most of it. It's that calculation, you know, I think we were talking about before where um, you look at job versus business and you say, well, with my business, I can write off all these things before I pay tax. Whereas in a corporate world you pay all these things all these taxes and then you're able to go out and generate expenses so if you look at the the, the comparison is um i'm paying all of my expenses before i pay tax and when you're an employee you're paying all your expenses after you pay your tax up front so then at the end of the day you look at your bottom line number you're left with a lot less money when you're an employee because you paid all this tax and your money that you have in hand is a lot less residues you're in the corporation, you're, you're basically getting all your expenses, then you're paying tax. So then at the end, you're netting out to be more, um, more money in your pocket. So yeah, to answer your question, yeah, as soon as the money got messed up, I knew it was time. Hmm. So hopefully that's not politically too politically correct. That's more no, no, no. direct it's just straight goods, man. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's not, let's not dance around it. Right. Let's just keep it real. So again, none of this yeah. stuff is scripted. So I just want to make sure that, uh, yeah. You know, we're, 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 we're keeping it open and honest and fully transparent. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, okay, well, let's flip this a little bit then. So that's my journey and, and kind of the, the transition from one big stop to a more um, current state. And there's some changes uh, that have happened recently, but 
what I want to get into with you, because I know, I think when we chatted last, you, you talked about um, working for a family business and, and growing it to a, to a level and having it become successful with a bunch of, um, you know, growth that they experienced. And then you went to another digital marketing agency where, from what I remember and understand, you had a really good connection with the leadership. Um, you know, you had a, a relationship with the owner, um, the, the gentleman who started the firm, and you, you really just crushed it there. Um, you know, tell me about that. Like, tell me about how um, that transition happened going from one digital marketing agency to another one. And then again, replicating the Neil magic with them that you had from the previous job. Tell me a little bit about how that all went down. Uh, well, I think it was just, uh, it's just organic, right? Like as far as yeah. your aspirations, I think we, we spoke a lot about legacy before, um, yeah. you know, any organization that I've been at or touched, there's been some type of legacy that I've left behind, so to speak. Right. And, and I'm not mm. saying that, I'm saying that in, in the most humbling way. I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I don't think I'm, you know, the the business uh, gift of the gods of that that sent down. It's just uh, I the just look at the touch mind. of the Neil God business. <laughs> Here I am. The Titans, right? Titans. No, no, it's <laughs> it's just uh, I just look back, right? It's it's good to mm. look back and just see like, okay, well, look at where this was when I started and look at where it ended up when I left. And I think that says a mm. lot, right? Um, but you know, from that from that other agency, I, I actually moved on um, after about two and a half years. And I, um, I ended up, uh, I ended up working at the uh, a private school actually for about six months. And uh, that was so a break from digital marketing, just out of the industry entirely, Neil, like you're, or, or was there aspects of it? where you moved to after that, that still had digital marketing and some of that creativity that you brought in those other roles? That's a great question. Uh, I'm, you know, it's, it's funny, like we all make decisions uh, for whatever the, whatever the factors that impact your, our lives. Right. And, and during that time, when I was at the, uh, the second agency, actually uh, I was, I was on my, I was having my second kid. Uh, to be honest, you know, when I, when our firstborn was arrived, uh, I actually, uh, I didn't take a break for the first three months and I totally regret that. Right. Uh, yeah. Thankfully I had my wife that was very supportive and she was, uh, you know, thrilled with our, our son, but, uh, you know, fast forward, he's going to be four this year. And I missed wow. like the first few months of his, his life. Um, and that wasn't because work had instilled that that was because I was trying to lay a foundation in order for it to be continuously successful. Um, Got so it. It, was, it was on me, it was on my bad, but like when I made the transition for the second agency to the private school, the caveat was the, uh, the owner was going to give me a free ride for, um, my kid's education. So it was the next 10 years comped. As part of the package, um, that would equate to Sounds like a sweet deal. A little over five hundred thousand dollars in, and in a private school education that I wouldn't have to pay out. Um, so, you know, you, you you look at certain things, and the, mm. if anyone's worked in digital marketing or an agency, they realize you know there's there's certain expectations and pressures and you know challenges that come within that environment as a whole, which we can sort of get into in another discussion. But um, yeah. realistically, I was. Uh, I was, at, I was, at, I was, I think I was burnt out to be honest with you. 
Um, I was on five to five or six different boards, you know, two mm -hmm. kids. I have two kids right now that are under four years of age. Right. Uh, so it's very challenging to yeah, say, God bless least. you, man. You know, God bless you've, you. you've been, you've been down this road a lot sooner than I have. Right. So <laughs> I a lot more energy though. It's <laughs> a lot yeah, younger. hundred <laughs> percent, you know, yeah, dude, I, I, I was talking with a friend of mine, a little sidetrack, but I was talking with a friend of mine the other day. And we were just exchanging chats and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be 44 this year. And he's like, Neil, you're going to be 45 this year. I'm like, dude, I missed, I totally missed the year. I you left, like, left it out, out of your memory, gone. Uh, it's just gone. You know what Blacked happened? Out. COVID. So, so basically if you have any birthdays during COVID, it doesn't count. Right. Oh, okay. So, good, yeah, yeah. Good. so you just, yeah. you wipe them I down. had one at the beginning of COVID just before the world shut down. So before March. Yeah. And then one, obviously, a couple months, weeks ago. So I've had two COVID-ish birthdays um, in 2020 and 2021. So, yeah, amen. Uh, so yeah. I'm almost four. I'm still kind of 40 then. So it's, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah it's great. <laughs> yeah, so those any, years. Anyways, going back to that, it was just like, uh, it, it was time for me to just turn it down a notch. I needed to You mean going to, to the private school that's we determined that, that that was the time that was the the move or the event that said this is this is Neil Prasad taking it from 11 down to like six or seven you got it yeah okay yeah straight regular hours you know eight to three right like mm. it's Christmas I had like six weeks off you know what I mean it was just it was it was coast time I don't mean that with any disrespect, still putting in my time, right. Still trying to achieve. I think I did mm -hmm. over $400,000 in contracted revenue in less than wow. four months. Right. Yeah. Um, and I was just getting to learn the business. So like the, the impact wasn't felt the way I think it could have been, um, yeah. you know, secured a $10,000 in fundraising initiative within a week. Um, so there were certain levels as far as legacy that was con continuous, but uh, yeah. there wasn't a longevity there because it wasn't the right fit. Right. And, and if you, like I, I mentioned to you the other day, it was just like, you know, four, four different jobs in the last five years, not by choice. Uh, some of it by choice, I guess, depending on the career journey or path, but I'm not one of those guys to chart it out, you know, and, and have everything figured out. I think uh, if anything, life is fluid, right? Like you, you yeah. just, you have to figure out. And, That's and, for sure you know, go, go with the changes, right? I think I've been comfortable with the uncomfortableness of uh, being in new positions and, and new situations. If anything, it's taught me how to adapt mm -hmm. and how to be nimble and, and sort of apply a, a new set of skills and an understanding and expectations from leadership, depending on who you're working with. Well, you know what, it, it's it, good on you for trying something different, right? That That's the thing that I can um, really point to is that you, you, you changed your mindset to say, well, I know this space, I understand digital marketing, I understand its principles and, and how to better and how to approach it in a very um, complete way. But there's this thing that maybe I want to try and see if I am able to uh, excel in. And, and I think, unfortunately, as you're saying, it wasn't the right fit and the timing, maybe it's not the fit and timing, maybe the right timing wasn't there because maybe, you know, a person who was in a role was still in the role when you got there, or there wasn't the right role that hit all the, 
boxes for you as it related to your skill set or related to what they were ready for. You got to think of it too. Like you can't necessarily say that it was maybe not the right fit. Maybe they just weren't ready. Maybe they weren't ready for what you brought to the table, or maybe they weren't ready for some of the skill sets that were needed to grow their business, right? Like it's all to me, I'd say a lot of the stuff with wrong fit and people not doing well in roles, it's, it's fit, but maybe sometimes depending on the individual, the company's not ready for them or the individual's not ready for the company. So there's a give and take a push and pull between fit and readiness that I always look to, to say, well, why is this person not doing well? Or why is this person rubbing people the wrong way? Or, or why is there not um, acceleration in this person's career? Well, there's a bunch of different factors, like everybody. And, and I remember somebody telling me this uh, a couple of years ago was that everybody intends, they have the intent of doing their best whether they're able to execute their best or whether their best comes through, that's a whole other thing. But if a person's there in front of you trying to do a job or trying to be something, they have the intent of doing their best. <laughs> they may not hit the mark, but the intent is there. So got to look at it from that perspective. But anyways, a little bit of a long um, uh, interpretation of what you just told me, but I think it's, it's good for um, you know, context around this whole conversation. Yeah, 100%. And I agree with you, right? Like it's a, it, it is a two way street, right? So, but I think at the end of the day, having been in this position for, you know, five, six times now throughout my career, I have a quick understanding as to, you know, what I can and cannot tolerate, so to speak, and yeah. whether or not the environment is going to shift or alter or um, sort of accommodate the growth. Uh, yeah. based on the expectations right so um it's it's just interesting to see to be honest yeah. um and i'm glad that uh i'm glad I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity because then it taught me you know what i can't live without right uh mm-hmm. and, and which takes me back to where i'm at right now right which you can't is, live well, hold on hold on. you said something I, I i can't let you go on this one but you said it lets you know what you can't live without 100 percent what what is that i can't Bro, live without her. you you know this more than anyone that like it's uh mm. it's the thrill of the hunt right like uh, when you when it. you're when you're in sales that <laughs> that job was sit yeah. back you know throw a whole bunch of marketing they present the meat to you it's like here yeah here, it's here. like come come into the dragon's den and sit down and we'll have a conversation <laughs> dude i was walking out with stacks of cash like this from international <laughs> families taking it back into the finance department and everyone's looking at me like where's this kid getting all this money from sissy kid where's where's this guy getting all the stacks of money from right yeah and um you know just it's just funny right but it wasn't uh it wasn't it's the thrill of the hunt, bro. That's all I got to say. You know, it's like yeah, the challenge. You want to have, uh, you know, the next sort of euphoric moment where you're like, yeah. okay, great. Like this is, this is a, this is an account that I want to pursue or this is a relationship that I want to develop. And I want to see how I'd be able to create yeah. that sort of uh, campaign or opportunity for this client to see um, the benefit of working with an agency or working with mm-hmm. a service that we provide sort of thing. So that's what I can't live without. And, and, and the mere fact that, you know, meeting new people and having new relationships and, and, and new challenges. Right. Um, yeah. Not to say yeah. that I couldn't have it there, but it's just different. Right. I yeah. would, if somebody was to ask me, I would classify that role as being more of an inside sales 
farming wow. mentality in comparison yeah. to an outside sales hunter mentality right um mm. and you know it's different, right? When you're when you're in the game, the you know the difference, right? Exactly, right. You can't cage a lion, bro. I mean, they can at the zoo, but it's still not the same. Still not the same. Well, cool, you know, and and I don't, I don't want to get into a long, um, boring story here, but uh, I was listening to uh, again a podcast. Of course, you know, you got to listen to what you promote. And one of the things the um, the folks were talking about is the difference about human evolution and the whole thing about if people were always comfortable and happy we wouldn't evolve as a society and wouldn't evolve as a species because we'd all die off and get killed. Right. It's, you know, the, the folks that are uncomfortable, who are distrusting, who are, um, you know, questioning and pushing the envelope is the reason why humans are as far evolved as we are. You know, you, you imagine that, like, if you're happy, go lucky, you're not really thinking about what danger could be around the corner. You're like, Oh, that, that rustle in the bushes, that's not a lion. That could just be the bushes. But if you're, questioning you're challenging you're skeptical you're distrusting you 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 have a let's say a, i could say a chip on your shoulder you're always questioning yeah well you know maybe that is a tiger in the bushes maybe i should get my spear ready in case that mofo jumps out right so it, it's a it's a mentality but it's also when you look at it from a hustle perspective if we don't hustle we die right it, it's 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 um um what's the word it's uh primal in our in our dna as human beings so anyways small tangents <laughs> um anyways so cool about the um i like the the this journey about transitioning to different roles and trying something new so bring it back for me now so you decided that the school and all the education stuff you know wasn't a fit for you so what happened next? Like, where did, where did you, where did you decide? Like, what was the mind frame of, of your next move that you made after uh, the private school? You know, yeah. So, I mean, after those two, three little jumps, I decided to figure out exactly uh, where I was going to end up next. And I mm -hmm. started, uh, you know, working my network and, you know, asking some questions. And it's, it's odd because I had breakfast with a gentleman way back when, and um, I had reached out to him through LinkedIn and he knew of, a, of an agency that was looking for someone like me and two and two, I just ended, I ended up downtown. Uh, I swore I was never going to be downtown, but um, <laughs> ended up downtown. Um, yep. Yeah, the rat race, right? But here's the thing. I negotiated a one day a week, right? So I work from home for the most part. Mm. I checked pre-pandemic, right? Pre-pandemic, 100%. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I work. Uh, I'm physically in the studio one day a week in order to um, just check with the team and, and sort of have that FaceTime, so to speak. Yep. Um, Got it. But, you know, now it's like you know, we're all working from home. So I, I prefer this anyways. It's just, it's easier, right? It's, um, yeah. it's more accommodating to sort of my ebb and flow, right? And yeah. So now to to come full circle, I'm at a, I'm at a design agency. Um, we do a lot of stuff with um, EGD, uh, environmental graphic design, and all things mm -hmm. related to branding and uh, wayfinding solution, placemaking, um, space making. If you're not familiar with any of these terms, which I was not from the outset, so yeah. um, the the it's like a different level of of digital marketing, and I think you're saying that it crosses over to the physical a little bit more than. What you did before 
Yeah. So, I mean, realistically, we, we play in what's called the, what we like to refer to as the fourth dimension. So mm -hmm. we like to instill a, a felt experience for the audience that we're serving, and that can be physical, digital, virtual, or any combination thereof. Um, what really drew me here was the interactive media component, which is what I was hired on for. So like digital touchscreens, kiosks, um, LED media walls, um, you know, motion sensor, uh, projection mapping, AR, VR integration, really is like mm. some cutting edge shit, right? Like it's, it's yeah. not every day that you get to, to even have discussions surrounding these types of projects that are going to be incorporated into institutions or corporations or public spaces. So um, the allure of the sort of one in a million or the needle in the haystack, um, I, I think it, it's kind of, it's funny because when I look back, when I was at different positions in my career, there were there were services that the marketplace wasn't quite ready for. Yeah. Um, and it took a few years for it to actually scale to have an acceptance. And then once it hit, it was like, okay, full board. Like it's just gonna, it's like a yeah. faucet opening up, right? Like a freight and, train coming through. Yeah. And I think right now, I mean, there's some people that get it. But for the most mm -hmm. part, they have no idea what I'm talking about when I'm referring to what we're what we're doing. Yeah, it, it makes the the conversations more of an education for your your prospect um, because you're 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 showing them something that they could imagine or something that they could possibly do based on um, the technologies that are in existence or maybe even based on a past project that you guys have conducted. So it's a, it's a different mind shape, mind shift where, you know, some traditional sales roles, you're, you're showing them something that they know and understand, like you're showing them a commodity that they could possibly pick up or a service that they can consume. If you're not dealing in those defined lanes, it's, it's a challenge. Like you're, you're painting a picture almost every time you're not yeah. showing pictures, like some sales roles, right. Where it's like, no. okay, here's what you're going to buy. Here's what you're going to get. Yeah. Whereas here you're like, okay, here's the canvas. It's blank. It's blank. <laughs> some people have a hard time with that. Even on the reciprocal yeah. side, the so-called client or prospect, you can't show them a blank canvas. Some people are like deer in headlights. Yeah, I want to buy something. Like, uh, I can't what? buy the canvas. Like, put something on it. Well, what do you yeah. want on it? It's exactly. the um, what, what's that? Uh, um, the who's on first who's conversation, on first? right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like, well, who, who, I don't know who's on first. Well, I thought who was on second. No, who's on the outfield? You know, it, it's a confusing paradigm for people to consume. It's like, well, they don't they don't get it until they understand it, and they don't understand it until they get it, and it. It, it, yeah, it's a circle. So yeah, that's a that's an interesting set of um, circumstances that got you to 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 the new design, the new world of create. So in this role, because you're you're very much at that um, bleeding edge at, at times. What did you think up to this point? What's the biggest thing you added to your Neil Prasad arsenal that you maybe didn't have before in your digital marketing um, world? Like, what's the biggest thing you think you added? Wow. Skill. Um, yeah. It's, hey, man, I'm going go deep cuts. Deep cuts. This is the what skill can you now tell people that you're better at now than you were coming in? Because come on, like you, you've been there how long now? What's your, what's your step, time frame? It's March 21st today. Yeah. I've Two years? There, no, man. I've been there, what, uh, 14 months? 
14 months. Okay. So in 14 yeah. months, what, what skill sets have you added? Like what thing can you point to, to say, I didn't do this well before, but now I got this, like, this is my. Honestly, if, if we're going to, if we're going to go this route, I think, um, I think patience is the uh, the strongest skill set that I've learned. My wife is gonna she she'll beg to differ, but uh, uh, I think professionally speaking, yeah. uh, patience. Yeah, the the yeah. we all want things to happen before they're ready to happen. Yeah, you know what I mean. Gotcha. And I think you really you want to you want to hit the ground running. You want to prove yourself. At least for me, anyways. Always. Right? Yeah. The first three, six, nine months are are critical or crucial to sort of positioning yourself yeah. in a firm and and understanding well, what you bring to the table. Yeah. Use the analogy of prison, right? You want to find the biggest guy in the yard, punch him <laughs> in the mouth, it. establish yourself, and then yeah. the rest is just uphill from there, right? But you know, if you, if you walk into the yard, there ain't the biggest guy there. It's just you. <laughs> yeah, you got to figure it out, and you got to have that patience so the prisoners keep rolling in, yeah. and you can establish dominance. Yeah, no, I think patience is is key, and but also um, just understanding. You know, yeah. it's not like you said; it's not that I'm everything we do is one hundred percent bespoke. So like mm. it's nothing's off the shelf, nothing is set it and forget it. Like it's all wow. 100% catered to the client based on their needs, direction, and uh, you know. Budget. It's a tough business model. It's a very tough business model. Um, you know, and success obviously 14 months. They and like you mentioned, the team's growing or the team grew by a couple uh, bodies. They must be doing something right. Um, you know, it, it's a it's a tough game to be in when everything you make is to spec custom to what the customer wants or what you want the customer to have. It's, it's that, it's that Apple kind of Steve jobs type of mentality. Right. You know, and what was that? What's that analogy? How does that go? It's when you ask people back in the 1900s, um, what you could do better or what <laughs> if you ask uh, people who wanted transportation, what, uh, what, what they could build, they said, Oh, well, if you could build me anything, I'd build, want you to build me a faster horse, right? Yeah, and it was Henry Ford that Henry Ford that said that. Yeah, right? exactly. Yes, if I asked people what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. <laughs> exactly. Whatever that analogy is. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I, the other one that I love that he says too is like, uh, you can was it, you can have any color you want as long as it's black, <laughs> right? So, yeah, I think it was I Ford that, with, that said that. But. Yeah, yeah, I use I use that with my, with my kids when they are asking for something, or when a <laughs> customer asks me for a phone color. It's like, hey, yeah, no problem, any color you want, <laughs> as long as it's the blue one, because that's the one I got. <laughs> so you got to take yeah. it. Um, but yeah, no, in all seriousness, like I, I you know, I, I commend the um, the commitment to that, where you're not really churning out. Um, commoditized products you're, you're really putting a specialized spin on things and in a world of mundaneness and uh, lack of creativity it's good to hear that there's some of that out there still um that's making a business out of it so you know that's all thanks man i appreciate it let's see how yeah. far let's see how far it'll go to be honest you know yeah, 14 well, months, it's still, uh, it's still, it's still an infancy. That's still baby. Right? That's so, still, you're still early, 14 months. You're just walking, you know? Yeah, you're looking yeah. at human ele elevation. Elevation? Yeah. Evolution. Evolution. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I got to get the words right. Um, you're still learning the walk. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, it, as Hustle Mode goes, and as we talk more, we'll, we'll reveal some more like newer things with, with us as we pertain to 
um, how we're evolving our, our personal journeys. And, you know, we can, we can definitely get into that um, as we come up through the hustle mode progress. Yeah. You know, so, it's funny because you're bringing up the hustle mode. So I just want to talk to something a little bit real quick, because I don't think our audience yeah. really knows sort of what the background story on hustle mode really is. Right. And um, a few years back when I was doing the digital marketing thing at the agency, um, you know, I came up with this concept. It was kind of like uh, getting a bunch of subject matter experts in a room that were all leaders in their areas of expertise and sort of sitting down and strategizing and brainstorming mm -hmm. as far as, you know, how we can work together collectively to create a unified force. And I think that was really the birthplace of hustle mode, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you and I had actually come back uh, a couple years later and we said, okay, well, why don't we do something with this, so to speak, and and create something that can bring value to people and, you know, share our collective experiences yeah. and Agreed. identify how we can actually, um, how we can help. And, um, you know, for us, the Hustle Mode podcast and or um, videos are going to be just that. They're going to be a resource or resources that you can refer to, you know, a little bit of song and dance with respect to our collective stories from time to time. But, you know, I think, uh, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be something that you're going to want to clue into or check in because we're going to be sharing pages from the chapters of the books that we've been going through, so to speak, and mm -hmm. writing on our own. So it's not necessarily a yeah. carbon copy of somebody else's success story or tidbits of information from somebody else's award-winning New York Times bestseller. It's going to be, you know, our own story sprinkled yeah. in with what's really happening, right? Yeah. And, and just to, to top that up, like, I think one of the key things that will drive value for our audience is hearing from the people that we respect and, and people within our circle that can really give experiences of things that they've had happen in their business journey. And we're obviously not going to get into the depth in some cases as we would Neil and I in our journey. Um, but we're, we're definitely going to address a lot of people's um, journeys and struggles and successes, celebrate them and, and talk about them. We, we have some folks that we really want to talk to and we really want to bring their stories and, and really talk to them about some of their successes and things that um, they can share with, with you as our audience. So I think hustle mode, hashtag hustle mode is, is got a long opportunity to drive a lot of value for, for people who, who choose to spend their time with us. Um, you know, whether it be a shorter conversation or a long length discussion, kind of like Neil and I are having, I think there's going to be some good value coming up, from my opinion. Yeah. So Jay, what, what can we, uh, what can we leave today's um, discussion and impart our viewers and, and, and listeners to you as far as um, why don't we, why don't we look at the work from home situation a little bit? Um, yeah, sure. You know, obviously we can talk about you know, pre pandemic or, you know, how we sort of pivoted during the pandemic. Uh, you know, why don't, why don't we touch on that? Because like this transition for yourself is is fairly new as far as, you know, you work in the side hustle or that being your first priority now. Um, what did yep. you have to go through when this all sort of came back full circle? Yeah, um, I guess my, my I'll, I'll give the, the, pande the pandemic um, highlight reel or the pandemic uh, um, overview and you know obviously we'll hopefully you can share the same but so pandemic 
or what we know today is uh, COVID-19 change-ups started uh, for us in March. We, we, I had a trip booked to go to California literally on the 14th of March, 2020. Um, we had the Airbnb booked. We um, had all the accommodations, the flights, everything. We were ready to roll. So when we started seeing things close down, um, to me, I, I say that the, the real shoe dropped when Disney World said they're closed or Disneyland said they're closed in LA. And I was like, cancel, we're done. Like wait, the Airbnb people and, you know, again, um, don't want to throw people under the bus, but they didn't refund us our, uh, our money, right? I was, I was a little upset about that. We didn't uh, get a full refund from our host in California. Um, from the fact that we canceled last minute, right? Airbnb has a policy where if you cancel within a time frame, no refund can be issued, right? And we canceled literally four days before we were about to roll. No, two days before we were about to roll because you know things were starting to close down and things were getting crazy. There's a run on toilet paper, if you remember that, Neil, from the early days. Um, so yeah. things got crazy. Um, schools closed on the Friday. They sent everybody home on the Friday. We went to Costco on the Thursday stocked up on everything so we were good but now uh, things started getting crazier so we never had toilet paper issues or paper towel issues lysol wipe issues because we, we we went uh went on the thursday before things started shut no the wednesday because i think thursday friday they shut everything down anyway so the work from home thing began at that point for us uh, my wife who's a elementary school teacher and myself who uh, at that time was full into i-league like we were i-leagued up that's all i was doing um, so I was worried. I didn't know what was going to happen. I, I thought maybe our business would slow down or maybe we'd have to, I'd have to get a job again, God forbid. Um, I, I didn't know what was going to go down, but luckily we shifted to, to work from home. I stayed home. She stayed home. Everybody was home. She continued doing her work with her, um, class and whatnot. And she was able to get her screens. She had her, uh, her Chromebook, which she brought home. She had her iPad pro, the 12.9 inch screen, like the big guy. Um, and then she had her Mac. So she was running like a stage production um, in our living room. And I was huddled up in the basement kind of doing iLeague stuff still. Um, so our office shut down. I didn't go to the office. My other partners didn't go to the office. Um, we kind of just started working ourselves from home. And yeah, we were on Teams calls, Zoom calls. Um, we were doing a lot of face-to-face -face, uh, or sorry, uh, computer to computer, non face to face interactions. Um, but iLeague started growing, like we started killing it. It was, it was a weird time and customers needed data because data became critical. We had a few school boards that were calling us up looking for phones and hotspots and internet connections, um, and tablets and a whole bunch of other things that we sell primarily. So it was, it was a crazy transition. Um, 2020 was the great best year ever for iLeague. <laughs> um, and it was just, again, we had a customer just blew up uh, because they just needed a ton of hardware. They were doing a ton of research and development and product delivery. So we were able to capitalize on the situation of just needing to be connected. We had a few agencies, um, not-for-profit agencies that just needed hubs because all their employees are home and they're still home today. Um, they're still using the service today, uh, almost one year later. Um, so it was a good transition in the work from home piece, just the ability to just shift really quickly and be able to still do what we do. Um, didn't really, we didn't really skip a beat from an iLeague perspective. I know family wise, my kids stayed home. Um, 
all of them were online. So we had uh, one given time, four computers going, um, 15 screens. I looked one time on our Wi-Fi. I think we had like 35 devices connected on Wi-Fi at one time, whether it's like phones or, you know, computers or Playstations or whatever it happened to be. Like it was all, and the kids were going to school. If you remember, well, your kids aren't in school yet, but the kids were going to school like two hours a day, it seemed like. My wife was teaching like an hour a day. She'd go log on at one o'clock, ask anybody if they needed help. No one would say they need help. Peace. And we go do something else. So it was, uh, it was an interesting time. And, and like I said, iLeague was popping. So I had to be on some calls and we had to do a bunch of things. So fast forward to always to the end of the year when we started things opening up, they went, kids went back to school for like a minute. We moved houses in the middle of the pandemic. We actually sold our house and moved. We we're one of those people that drove up all the real estate prices. Um, good luck buying a house now. Sorry, Neil. Yeah, um, <laughs> prices are up, my man. Um, so yeah, it was an interesting transition. And, and, you know, going, looking back on it, it was crazy times. There were good times, there was bad times, but uh, the best of times. So anyways, yeah, that's, that's kind of high level, the transition, my pandemic story. Um, what's your pandemic story, man? You're not going to believe this. Okay, like, I'm leaning in here. I'm Larry King in you here. So I remember I was going to the grocery store mm. in town and I'm like, what's going on, man? Like, is there a sale? <laughs> is there a sale? Guy, guy, I'm, I'm not joking. I'm, I'm being 100% legit, straight up. You know, I'm, I don't know if I told you, I got two kids under four years old, right? Mm. Like it's, it's organized chaos over here. The, the best of times you see them, but there's just, just like it's energy levels, like regular energy meals, yeah, kids it's energy. It's crazy. It's next like, level it's up here. So, you know, it's funny. So I went to the grocery store and I'm like, hmm, something's, something's out of whack. Like somebody, right. Shelves are empty. People are like two, three carts. I'm like, and it's funny because uh, I was chatting with a with a client, and uh, I remember she was like, "I'm like, how are things?" She's like, "I'm really worried." I'm like, "Why? What's going on?" She's like, "Oh, this this coronavirus," and I'm like, "Hmm, yeah, you know, I'm not really too concerned about it. It's only a couple cases. It's not. It's like not, the flu. It'll go away." It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not here. It wasn't here. It wasn't here yet. Or at least we weren't hearing about it. Right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, And, and I said to her, I said, ah, we should be okay. You know, you know, fast, fast forward now. Like, like, look at where, look at where we are. But anyways, yeah, I remember where I was, man. I was in the grocery store and um, I was going nuts because I couldn't get what I wanted to get. And I I remember messaging the wife and I'm like, there's something going on here. Like we, 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 we need to get, we got to figure it out. So, uh, yeah, we're good, man. We're blessed. You know, uh, there's so many people that weren't blessed, uh, to be able to work from home. Yeah, that's uh, true. We, we were, the wife was coming off of mat leave actually. So yeah. that's how fresh it is. Um, she was going back to work. We were a little bit concerned because she's frontline staff and, uh, that was a challenge in and amongst itself, uh, during this time. Daycare was a challenge during this time as well. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, putting yourself in the, the parental sort of situation where you have your young children, not necessarily, I don't know, you've had toddlers, it's been a couple of years, but they can't necessarily not put 
anything in their mouth and you know touch things with their hands and not touch yeah, your face and all that that's stuff tough. Right? And you can't put a face mask on a two-year-old you know yeah. it's surprisingly enough my son and my daughter they're pretty good man they're uh yeah. when we do go out and we put face masks on them they they adhere to the rules right now which is which that's is good. really interesting to see because yeah. that wasn't taught like that was just straight observation on their front and it's it's funny the amount of stuff that you can actually they notice right just by them being around you so it's it's interesting to see us when and, they and they're in a world that's just different right they're growing up in a different world at a different time with different considerations and different things that potentially could be scary or unknown like that's one thing that my kids are you know a little bit older mm-hmm. and yeah, they grew up with certain things right and uh, the way things are now it's it's a completely different ball game right like it, it's funny i was talking to a friend of mine about just the difference between some of the uh the safety requirements of like kids booster seats now uh from when my kids were younger and how much stricter they are it's just like i guess with anything right i guess that's that's a general blanket statement i can say that you know you used to have to always you had a bike helmet sometimes but now it's a not even a mandatory thing but you know you're a bad parent if you don't put a helmet on your kid right whereas back in the day it was kind of like whatever if the kid wants to wear a helmet they can exactly exactly so i don't want to get into that that paradigm because there's always what what car seat yeah i I didn't have a car seat growing up i didn't have a yeah i didn't have a car seat growing up either right but barely wore seat belts back in the day i think that was 80s when it came into the when you hear the clicker safe right yeah exactly like it it, and and that's a whole other conversation in itself like that's (laughs) like we could go into the back in my day they didn't have it like that's a whole other thing man so let's let's not uh let's not go there but yeah pandemics really changed us man it's um you know we're doing this over zoom because we can't be sitting in the comfy red chairs um we're just being responsible whatnot but obviously at the end of the day um eventually we're gonna have to get back into it and, um, you know, okay, it, so it'll let's, be, let's flip it'll it, be right? Like, I mean, we, we understand what the hardships were and, you know, obviously there's some, some drawbacks and there's some silver linings that are taking place globally yep. in the economy that's happening. Obviously we're, you were mentioning it. Like, I don't know if you went to go buy lumber recently, but geez, I, I, I feel for you if you got to redo your deck, like it's just insane. Like lumber prices have gone through the roof. I should have bought yeah. stocks like a long time ago on, 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 on that. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of things I should have did. I told the wife the other day I should have created a. We should have started a mask company, uh, just to deal with this. But again, I thought it was going to be a blip in the uh, on, on the on the scene. Yeah, right? like a, just a yeah. little dot on the radar. So, um, will be known one year later. Anyways, I think are. it was Churchill that said it right. Never let a good uh, crisis go to waste. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I I try to instill that with some of the clients that I'm speaking to right now because a lot of people are sort of in that paralyzed phase, uh, at least for the first year. Now people are starting to wake up. Right. So we're almost a year and a month into this whole pandemic situation. Yeah, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing a lot of people just uh, just wake up because the new reality is that they have budgets and they got to do something with that. And the world still turns and business still goes on and yeah. people still got to provide. And there's organizations that still have to hit targets. Right. And how do you contribute, right? So I think for us, let's 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 stay on the positive side of things. Let's look at three things that, um, positively speaking, that have identified during this pandemic. And okay. w- yeah. I'll start because I'm putting you on the spot. So basically, um, I think the three things that I've noticed during this whole pandemic situation is uh, one 
the use of technology has really fast-tracked the organizations and people's understanding and comfortable or familiarity to a completely different level. The, the, mm. the willingness to talk tech um, with certain applications and just in the environment, I think that's opened up uh, a lot of people's eyes because mm-hmm. what they may have been able to dance around before, now everything is just like, you're, 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 you're full disclosure, you're, you're wide open, right? If you don't know how to work this shit, you got to figure it out real quick, right? Um, number two, I think um, the uh, the people being on, I think that that's a good point. Like, uh, I, I'm mm. not having any no-shows on my meetings. Where, where are you going? Like, you're, you're home. You're working from home. Unless you're you're in that situation where you are sharing your time between, I think the, you might have mm. a no show because somebody's kids are home, or you know there's a situation that came up, or even still, like I'm hearing dogs in the background and and kids and and, and babies crying, hundred percent, yeah. right? But yeah. um, call a call center, right? That sometimes we we call a call center in uh, one of our major vendors uh, or suppliers, and um, we've been on a call a couple times. We've heard a baby in the background. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it, it's usually you would say, man, yeah, that's, oh, that's so unprofessional, but. Yep. And that brings me to the third point. Humanity as a whole has been a lot more empathetic, a lot more patient and a hell of a lot more understanding. Right. And that's just the way they needed to be from the outset. So it took a pandemic for us to come back to reality and sure. be humane about how yeah. we're dealing with one another and be fully transparent. 100%. Right. Like it's crazy when you think about it and uh, and you're grateful for it. Right. Because Mm -hmm. it's just we're better humans for this. We're better communicators for this. Right. Um, And it took a pandemic for that to happen. So those are my three. Uh, What are your three? Um, Yeah, no, I I like the I'll top up on the last one, because the last one was my first one, is that people have been more empathetic and understanding and and people would be more courteous to one another. You know, the whole give people their distance and their space and give them their six feet of social distance. People have been really respectful of that. Um, you know, the when you go to a store and you see five, six people only in the store at a time because of, you know, occupancy restrictions. Hit the camera there. Um, you know, people look in, they see, oh, shit, there's four other people in there. Okay, you know what, I'm going to chill outside and just wait and be courteous and wait my turn. Um, you know, long lineups at grocery stores, you know, that you, you're seeing because of the changing of the restrictions, even at like a Costco or I waited 45 minutes at Nike the other day just to get a pair of shoes. Um, and I was, I was cool about it. I stood in line. My wife walked around. I stood, she stood in line. I walked around 45 minutes was done. We were in the store. We bought some, uh, she bought three pairs of shoes, man. Crazy. They're on sale. Um, all like Nike airs and whatnot. So again, like we took advantage of the fact that we had time. And that's the other thing too, is so, um, you know, humanity, courtesy, and then more family time and outdoor access. I think that's my number two is people are taking advantage of the outdoors. They're doing things that they were too busy for before because they had to run their kid to basketball or run their kid to hockey or run their kids to dance class. They had so many more activities that people were indulging in and the world was getting so busy. Everyone was so busy. Like you talk to somebody, what are you doing? Oh, I'm busy. Like, what's, oh, I got dance. And then I got hockey and then I got power skating. And then I got girl guides. It's like, like this, you're, this kid has a job. Their job is the activities that you're giving them. It, it's yeah. people were so busy. And I, I know from, you know, my kids are at that age now where they kind of define their own activities if they want to do them at all. But I knew um, one of my former colleagues was talking to her about her daughter. She'd run her daughter like five or six different things in a week. It was nuts. 
And it's like, when does this kid have any time to be a kid? When does this kid not have an activity that they have to do? When's they're not tutoring? So I think the pandemic really shifted and allowed us uh, as, as, a, as a society to kind of get out and do that stuff, to, to be um, outdoors, to be um, connected in different ways where we didn't have all this, this running around to do. So that's, that's my number two. And number three is um, seeing new industries emerge. You know, like you, you see, like you mentioned with the masks and the disinfectant and all that stuff, those industries have really emerged. And then you're seeing um, things where you're having, like if you're a plexiglass investor or if you invested in plexiglass or any sort of barrier type technology, you'd be, you'd be backing up the Brinks truck to use that stupid analogy. You'd be just getting paid hand over fist because everybody needs these things. And it's been established that this is a way to enhance social distancing when actual physical distancing is impossible. So, you know, the pandemic's really shifted the world to these some of these new industries that didn't really exist before or that didn't really have a need for. Um, so <laughs> good and bad, will they last? Will they be around? Um, one other thing that, that people don't talk about that uh, is an interesting result of uh, COVID is semiconductors. So, you know, very a little more technical, but semiconductor availability globally is in a tremendous um, constraint right now. Just like you said, uh, Neil, with uh, regard to, um, what was that thing you were saying that you can't get your hands on anymore? Um, what was it? I can't remember. Anyways, I'm just saying that there, there, are, there are some things that are incredibly constrained just because of the fact that COVID's eaten up all the supply. Oh, lumber. There you go. Mm. Um, buying wood for your deck. Yeah. So um, buy composite. It's, it's, more, it's more expensive, but it lasts longer. Um, but yeah, there, so there's certain things right now that um, globally have, have created this void for availability. So, you know, pandemic's done some good things, some bad things. Um, but, uh, you know, got to deal with it because we're here. Right. So, so what do you say the three things that's changed during the pandemic for you? For me personally, personally, professionally, it doesn't matter. Um, I think with the, with the pandemic, I'm, I'm home more. So to your point of being available for things, um, doesn't mean I'm more available I'm just home more. Um, I've become a little bit more, um, uh, cynical of things, you know, I, I'm a little Such bit, I challenge things. I, I challenge things a little bit more like the idea of, um, COVID spreading on surfaces, you know, so you touch a doorknob and it's on the doorknob and then you go home and you infect your whole family. Um, you know, that's early research, um, debunk that a couple times. Um, I'm not an anti-vaxxer or anything like that. So I'm, I'm keen to see what impact vaccination has on, on Canada and it sucks that Canada so slow to roll it out. So, you know, have I changed, you know, maybe put on some weight, <laughs> something. Um, that's a lot of people. Um, starting to get that right though. I got a treadmill, so we're, we're good. Um, Peloton, no less. But um, yeah. We're not, I, I, we're not sponsored by Peloton, by the way. No, so we're not, not, not at this stage. Um, but uh, yeah, like I think personally, I don't think I'm a different person per se. Like I haven't uh, started e eating and running and doing all this stuff, but I think. I don't know. I'll just say this. So what are three things mm. that are, that's changed? Like it's been 14 months, right? Mm. Like you've changed during that time. Your, your wife's changed. Your family dynamics has changed. Yeah. Uh, but you know, personally, what, what are three things that have changed? Good Ooh. or bad. doesn't matter. Tough. Um, 
I think uh, I appreciate is- a routine now. So okay. I, I appreciate the fact that I can adhere to a routine, you know, get up a certain time. I do my yoga in the morning. Um, you know, I try to get to work at the same time. I, I appreciate the routine of um, having a routine because, you know, with pandemic, everything's all over the place. Yep. Um, and running your own business, as, as people will find you, routines are, are your friend as it, retain, as it pertains to productivity. You want to get mm-hmm. shit done, have a routine to make sure that all the shit that you can optimize or um, I guess optimize is a good word of putting it. Are, are executed in a early earlier in the day, right? We'll get into daily routines. I think we got some time and topics coming mm-hmm. up in the next couple of pods to talk about uh, routines mm-hmm. and, and daily habits. Um, so I'd say, yeah, I, I love a good routine. Um, that's one thing that's changed. Um, another thing that's changed is I, is I don't, um, is I consume a lot more content than I ever did. Right. Whether it's podcasts, whether it's YouTube videos, whether it's books online, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I'm on the I'm on the Clubhouse link, so I, I listen to that from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've kind of pulled that back a little bit because it's not. I'm trying to get value from it, but I don't have time to give value, so it's hard to get value from it. So right. it's a whole other discussion though about Clubhouse if you're not familiar with it. Um, Android users, yeah, I'm not but, a fancy um, iPhone user, so I don't know yet. Yeah, it's not, I don't know what it is. Um, they're trying to monetize the audience. iPhone, it's easier to do it. But I, I told you before, I think iPhone, I think Apple just created this clubhouse to drive sales up. So exclusivity, so that they could be a hundred percent dedicated to their audience. You know, it's not a bad play, right? If you think about it. Um, but anyways, I, we digress. Uh, sorry, give me the third one real quick. Um, okay, so we got routine. Um, other consumption, one was, uh, consumption. Uh, consumption uh-huh. and then the last thing that i've changed is um i think family time you know like we we during the initial pandemic which a lot of families can say we had breakfast lunch and dinner together every day like state steady well the kids didn't really eat breakfast but definitely lunch and dinner every day together so i think the family dynamic during the time has improved and, and i think we've gotten closer as a family because I have teenagers like they're, and you know, how, um, you know, some of our audience may have teenagers as well. Teenagers and adults generally are like oil and water, right? They don't necessarily mix well and they definitely aren't wanting to spend time with one another, but the pandemic is really, um, and maybe it's the connection I have with my kids. I don't know, but the pandemic's really had allowed us to be more as a cohesive, um, you know, spending time with each other family where, Again, we may not have been that way because everybody would be, you know, activities and um, different things are doing, you know, school and basketball, all this other stuff. People are going. There we go. People are going in different directions. Hands, man, hands. Everywhere. Go, see, again, look at that, man. Hold on, hold on a second. People are going in different directions, so family time. So that's three. Blooper reel. I know. Jeez, that was a long answer. Okay, clap now. Tell me, Neil, what are the three things that have changed for you during pandemic times? What do you got? Uh, I've gone on a little bit of a yo-yo change, you know? I went from, like, slug mode, right? Like Slug mode? Literally, everything was shut down. Like, there was no... A lot of things that we do is in public spaces. You got to remember, right? So, like, Hmm. I'm picking up the phone. I'm calling, like, thousands of people. I'm not getting any return, you know? 
So it's mm-hmm. like you're going through this motion. So when I say slug mode, imagine doing this for eight hours a day, five days a week, and not getting any results. My wife would come home and be like, I'm talking to myself over here. Like literally talking to myself because I'm all I'm doing is leaving messages on the voicemail, sending emails, doing LinkedIn voice messages. Like it's just like insane. Yeah. So um <laughs> you start I, to challenge yourself and say, like, How can I make this more fun for myself? Well, it's not it's not only that, it's like you when you hmm. finish that day and I I just turned into a zombie because I was like, Okay, I'm just gonna disassociate myself from everything and try to find an escape. So my escapism was like vegging out and consuming like netflix or you know going through some type of mm. binge binge fest mode right well Eating you know i forgot to mention that that, that's, that was part of it as well like the consumption right consumption well, not consumed, just a, right <laughs> consume of netflix too how many shows i've watched we maybe we'll talk about that one time let's go to a rundown of how many pandemic uh netflix series we've watched i've watched a couple man like seven seven eight series deep like yeah crazy so um, anyways yeah no so and then um so so my 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 zoning out would be like an escape right actually i've got a i've got a ps4 i haven't played it since my son was born and i just started tapping into that just as another way to to (laughs) disconnect and yeah you know escape um So, yeah, I guess it's escapism, right? Trying to find a solution on that front. Uh, But then also, um, like you said, it was just uh, picking back up on changing the routine, right? Because I used to be in the gym at like 5, 5.30, you know, get an hour, hour and a half workout in and then start my day fresh. And I was going a little bit crazy. You know, we we used to play basketball three times a week, right? Uh, two yeah. hour sessions. So you know, the, whole, the whole dynamic changed when, you know, the wife had to go back to work and she's finally on a day shift and we've never been on a day shift together since we've been married you know, seven years. Um, so it's interesting on that front, but the, uh, the change with the, 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 the morning routine for the kids and myself in the morning, right? Like that's completely new. Um, trying to trying to get them ready and trying to get them out the door and try to start my day at times when before I had the luxury of sort of being on my own clock and easing into my day and doing some reading and going to the gym at some self-care and self-meditation and all that yeah. jazz. It's completely, it's, it's not there. Right. Yeah. Um, but then just finding that routine again. So like there's a little bit of a uncertainty that takes place and then, you know, you know, I purchased a, I purchased a, a piece of equipment for my house now, so I don't have an excuse anymore. Uh, mm-hmm, getting back mm-hmm. on that morning routine schedule and yeah. trying to find a kid's routine schedule, which is challenging for toddlers, to be honest. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, it's it's about balance, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I think you know, Jay, we're going to wrap it up today. I, I think we've uh, we've provided a little bit of a, a quick overview for the folks here today, and hopefully they found some value from some tidbits of information that they didn't know beforehand. Um, yeah. You know, I think the Agreed. one thing that we didn't talk about was like sort of like a specific tech stack um, with regards to technology being incorporated into our daily routines. But I think. Uh, we can dig down a little bit deeper uh, as far as what we're using and how we're using it uh, later on, aside from the obvious, you know, zoom and so on and so forth. But um, make a note of that for sure. Yeah. I think, uh, I think we're going to, we should wrap it up and um, 
Yeah, call in a night. Let the, know, let, let the let the people know what's what's on deck, man. So what's on deck for the next episode? Well, um, like you were mentioning, we're going to talk about uh, the tech stack of uh, technologies that um, we collectively use, and maybe a little bit about some of the aspirational technology that we hope to use. Um, get into some of the hardware, some of the software. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that and we'll do some top threes. I, I think that's a good way of uh, really sharing what we value as it relates to the tech stack. So we can use that format to talk about that. Um, I, I do want to get in a little more about uh, some of the guests that we we'll want to have. I, I think we, it, I think there's value in talking about what uh, is upcoming for our uh, listeners and viewers of what we want to bring forward as value and, and what we're hoping that people will really tune in for. Um, we'll, we'll try to make those um, very, um, very buttoned in, buttoned down, sorry, and, and ensure that we're really driving value and asking the right questions from our, uh, our guests to make sure that they're giving um, the value that um, they think and know is is important to the people that are listening and that they want to share, right? We want to pe have people share their journey, share their story, um, share their struggle. Um, it's always good, right? You you never get anywhere without sharing struggle and, and struggles of, struggle is one of the best ways to indicate and prove success. So we'll definitely talk about that. I like, I like that so, idea. I think, you know, what we should do is just layer it in again, because we were going, um, we were going live on Insta before our shows. And I think what we could do the next go round is um, introduce the guest as far as the industry that that individual is repping mm -hmm. and then ask the audience specifically what they would like to gain from this particular person or this vertical as far as industry knowledge is concerned so that we can sort of layer that into the the talk got it got it so we'll, we'll work on that as a, yeah. a way to make sure that we're getting people engaged in what we're doing because engagement drives interest and interest drives engagement cool brother listen right, it's man. always a pleasure chatting with you uh, yeah. enjoy your evening and look uh, bruno Bruno says hello. Look, there he is. <laughs> Bruno's up. Bruno. There he is. There he is. See? Yeah, He's ready. Yeah. I take so, him for a walk, man. All right, man. Signing off. Talk all soon. All right, brother. Yeah. All cheers. Right.